Welcome, so good to have you at Church for All. Listen, the sun is out, summer is near, and the Seattle Mariners are actually fighting for first place. Come on, God is doing signs and wonders on the earth. <laughs> Miracles are happening, right? Uh, but it is gorgeous outside. It's beautiful out there. Uh, but as I said in the first service, it's also beautiful in here because you all are here. And this is week three at Church for All. We are three weeks old uh, today, and we are excited about what God's doing. Come on, give it up for that. You can clap. It's good. And, uh, and just a side note, just a PS, uh, Pastor DJ just did a phenomenal job uh, last weekend. Uh, one of the things I love about launching Church for All is we're launching with a teaching team. And that's very rare to launch with a teaching team. And uh, I just feel so honored to have uh, on our team just uh, phenomenal preachers, uh, creative communicators, and I'm excited uh, about what God is doing. And we are in a series entitled A Church for Blank, A Church for for blank. And each week we are filling in this blank. Uh, and today I want to add another message, add another chapter, fill in another blank as we talk about storms. I figured since it's 80 degrees outside, we might as well talk about storms, okay? So listen, we are a church for people facing storms. We are a church for those facing storms. I face storms, you face storms, we all face storms, and I want to take a moment and check out the Bible and see what the Bible has to say about these storms. Is that okay? So we're going to check out Mark chapter 4. Uh, if you've read the gospel of Mark, you perhaps have come across this story. If you haven't, it's good. Trust me, it's a good story. But we read in Mark chapter 4, verse 35. It says, that day when evening came, he, he is Jesus, said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was. Come on, always take Jesus as he is. Don't try and change Jesus. Let Jesus come and change you. Come on, that was free. So took him as he was in the boat. There were other boats with him. A furious squall, a great storm came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped, nearly capsized. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. Listen, if you're in a storm and Jesus is sleeping, chances are you're going to be okay. All right? Take confidence in that. Jesus is sleeping, but the disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, shh, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? I love the disciples because they could never figure out who Jesus was. Could never figure out he was God. They witnessed him uh, turn water into wine, uh, take loaves and fish, feed 5,000, calm the storm, heal the sick, raise the dead. But when asked, is he the son of God? They're like, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I don't think he is. Listen, if, Jesus, if God can use the disciples, there's a good chance he can use us because they were a bunch of knuckleheads, all right? So God can use us. But they said, who is this? And then they said uh, that even the wind and the waves obey him. I almost have this chapter memorized. I've read it a number of times. Listen, for the next few moments, I want to uh, just talk about storms. We all face storms, and Jesus is with us through the storm. If you would, stand up with me. We're going to pray. I'll share a few thoughts, and then I will get you out so you can enjoy this immaculate weather. Jesus, we just thank you for our time together. 
We thank you that you're here with us in the midst. We pray that uh, you would speak to us by your word, about your word, and through your word today. Uh, Your word is alive and active, as Hebrew says, sharper than any two-edged sword, able to separate through bone and marrow, soul and spirit, able to discern the thoughts and the intentions of our heart. We pray your word would move in us today. I pray for every person facing a storm that we would know you're with us, that we would lean on you, we would look to you, that we'd fix our eyes and attention on you, the author and the finisher of our faith. Uh, We just pray you'd speak to us during this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Feel free to sit down. Uh, Many years ago, uh, probably 15 years ago, my wife and I took our first vacation away from our kids. And I'm still not sure how we pulled this off. Somehow we tricked, we bamboozled our parents to take our kids for a week. And uh, yeah, and we ventured off to Maui. And I'm not sure how we got to Maui because we were broke. I mean, broke as a joke. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, we use every discount code. We scrounged up as much money as we could. We used coupons. We hit up every friend who owed us a favor. You know, and I had a couple friends that worked for the airline. They got us buddy passes, so we had free flights. Somehow, miraculously, we got to Maui. The first morning we awoke, uh, I woke up to what I sensed was the room shaking. And you know in the morning, you're kind of foggy, kind of groggy, trying to come to, figure out what in the world's going on. So I got my head out of bed and I looked around and I realized we are in an earthquake. This is an earthquake. So I began to panic. I thought, what do you do in an earthquake? And my first thought was stop, drop, and roll. I thought, stop, drop, and roll. And then I'm like, no, I think that's if you're on fire. And so I began to think, what do you do? And I remembered door frame, stand under a door frame. So no lie, I got up out of bed. Kim was standing in the middle of our room. I sprinted right past my wife to the door, opened up the door, stood under the door frame. Now, Kim at this point is a bit disgusted. She's she's appalled by all of this. Why? Because her knight in shining armor husband just sprinted right past her in order to save himself. And I'm standing in the door frame, and I'm like, well, come on, you know? And so she comes to the door. She stands under the door frame, and, you know, she's looking at me. Her eyes are red, (laughs) like Wanda on WandaVision. Uh, She's not happy. But we, we stand under the doorframe. Uh, after what seems like an eternity, uh, the shaking finally stops. Nevertheless, the insanity had just begun as alarms and sirens start going off all around the island. And I look out the window, and I see some of the locals running for the hills, and I realize, oh, wow, yeah, tsunami, right? I didn't even think about this, tsunami. And so we got to high ground. Fortunately, the tsunami warning was called off. We were okay. That's the good news. The bad news is for the coming days, for the ensuing days, storm after storm hit the island. And I don't know if it's an earthquake that throws off the weather systems or weather patterns. I'm not sure. But we had lightning and thunder, rain and wind, storm after storm. To make matters worse, we had booked an excursion to Molokini. So Molokini is this uh, uh, crater, about 45 to 50 minute boat ride from Maui. 
and it's supposed to have some of the best snorkeling in the world. Every excursion line had canceled their excursion due to unsafe weather. Every excursion line had refunded their customers and canceled except for our excursion line. They decided it was still safe to go out. So listen, I can be kind of cheap, and so we had already prepaid for this trip. Uh, besides that, I really wanted to snorkel in Molokini, so I tried to convince my wife we should still go. We, we should do this, Kim. Trust me. Famous last words, right? And so I convinced her this would be fun. Uh, I said they wouldn't go out if it wasn't safe. She finally was convinced we decided to go. Within 15 minutes of this boat ride, I realized I had made a mistake of epic proportions. As we hit a storm like I have never experienced in my life, I, I, I kid you not, uh, the storm is just raging, the wind is howling, uh, waves are crashing against our boat. No lie, I can vividly recall I'm standing up, I'm holding on to this post on the boat, just to keep myself from being thrown about the boat, or worse yet, thrown off of the boat. And for about 15 or 20 minutes, all I'm seeing is ocean, sky, ocean, sky, as this boat is just leaping, it's hopping over waves. Before long, people start getting seasick. Not much longer, almost everyone on the boat is seasick. We have lines of people that are literally lining up just to throw up off the side of the boat. Yeah, this was our vacation, right? You know what I mean? I thought I should write a strongly worded letter to the excursion line. But as this is happening, I'm watching this, and I look at Kim, and she doesn't look good. She looks green, kind of pale, and I'm like, oh, no. And so Kim tosses her head over the side of the boat. She gets sick. And when she comes back, she's glaring at me, right? I mean, her eyes are bright red again, at least in my mind. Because it was my fault that we are on this excursion. I convinced her we should go. I convinced her this would be a good idea. Now, I'm, of course, feeling seasick, but I refuse to get sick. Why? Number one, I grew up on a boat. Number two, if I get sick, Kim is right and I am wrong and we cannot allow that to happen, okay? And number three, I've determined I'm a man. I'm a man's man. I'm not getting sick. I'm going to muscle through this. Well, as I'm having these thoughts, I'm holding on to this post, I see this girl get up from out of her seat. And you can tell uh, she's not well. She's not feeling good. And she's walking towards me. She's kind of staggering partly because the boat is rocking, partly because she's not feeling well. And remind you, we are on a snorkeling excursion. I am wearing a tank top, swim trunks, flip-flops. She's trying to get to the bathroom. She's sick. She doesn't make it. She gets right up in front of me and throws up all over my bare foot and leg. Literally, I think I scream like, ah! Those of you who know me, you know I am a germaphobe. This is like the worst moment of my life, you know? I'm like, Jesus, just take me now. I'm ready, Lord, you know? And I look at her, she looks at me, and she's like, sorry? And I'm like, uh, it's okay? 
You know, I'm not sure what to say anytime. You know what I mean? I'm not sure how to respond. And so she goes back to her seat. Well, Kim seeing this, I look at Kim. She is hysterically laughing. Kim is literally crying tears laughing because I just got what I deserved, right? Justice was served because I convinced her we should go out on this excursion. We shouldn't even be there. Nobody should have been there. But, but I convinced her, so she thinks this is hilarious. Well, we make it to Molokini. Uh, the bad news is the snorkeling was horrible because the water was murky. The good news is we made it to land safe because I am not kidding you. There were times I was like, uh, is this how it ends? Like, it, it was one of those moments. It was pretty scary. But I share this story because every time I read Mark chapter 4, this is a story that comes into my mind. Every time I read Mark chapter 4, this is a story that is embedded in my brain. It's the most relatable story I have to how the disciples might have been feeling when we pick up in Mark chapter 4. And listen, whether you've been in a literal storm like I was or whether you have faced the storms of life, make no mistake about it, storms are unnerving. Storms can be downright petrifying. In fact, the right storm can jolt us. The right storm can rock us. The right storm can shake us to our very core. But the good news is Jesus is with us in the storm. I'll get into that more in a moment. But before I do, I want to share with you five thoughts about storms. Using Mark chapter 4 as our backdrop, I want to simply share with you five thoughts about storms. Is that okay? The first thought is this. Storms are inevitable. Storms are inevitable. Listen, storms are just a part of life. Storms will happen. Listen, I'd love to stand up here and tell you life will always be perfect. That life is just champagne and caviar, sniffing roses, smelling daisies, singing the hills are alive with the sound of stinking music. But that is just not reality, is it? Storms will come. Storms will happen. In fact, it's quite possible that you came inside from an 80-degree sunshine day in Seattle, and yet you have a storm happening on the inside of you. Maybe you're facing a storm right now. If you're not, I promise you, you have faced a storm in your past. And if you haven't faced a storm in your past, just keep living. Just keep living because eventually you will face a storm. Storms are inevitable. Jesus said this in John 16, verse 33. He says, I've told you these things so that in me, say in me, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. In this one verse, Jesus gives to you and I two promises, one we like and one we dislike. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. Not you might have trouble, not you could have trouble, not it's plausible, you'll have trouble. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. Ultimately saying storms are inevitable. But he doesn't stop there, does he? 
He goes on to say, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And he says, I've told you all these things so that in me you might have peace. In who? In Jesus. In me you might have peace. Not in your job. Not in the economy. Not in your 401k. Not in a political party. Not in your Instagram followers. But in me you may have peace. See, Jesus never promised us in this world we wouldn't face troubles. He never promised us we wouldn't face storms. He simply promised us that in the midst of it, he would be there with us. Jesus never promised us a perfect life. He promised us a persistent peace. I'll say that again. Jesus never promised us a perfect life. He promised us a persistent peace. Jesus never said storms would not come. He simply said he would not leave. That he would be there in the midst of the storms that we face. The great theologian, great author, C.S. Lewis, who wrote the Chronicles of Narnia, maybe you've read him. He said this. He said, life with God is not immunity from difficulties, but peace in difficulties. I'll say that again. Life with God is not immunity from difficulties, but peace in difficulties. Ultimately, what he's saying is the spiritual journey, our Christian life, does not mean we won't have difficulty or trouble or storms. It just means we know we have peace because God's presence is with us in the midst of the storm. Jesus never promised you and I a perfect life. He promised us a persistent peace. Jesus never said storms would not come. He simply said he would not leave. And the storms you and I will face tomorrow, Jesus has already arrived at today. He's already there to meet us. And his peace and his presence are there in the midst of storms. Amen? So first thought, storms are inevitable. Second thought, storms are unpredictable. Oftentimes, storms are unpredictable. Jesus tells his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Do you notice he didn't fill in any blanks? He doesn't say, let us go over to the other side, but maybe bring a rain jacket, you know, because it's about to go down. You know what I mean? You're about to face a storm. No, he doesn't, he doesn't say that. He just said, let us go to the other side. Because storms oftentimes are unpredictable. Storms oftentimes come on suddenly. Ever get a flat tire at just the right time? Yes. No. Ever run out of gas at just the perfect moment? Ugh, I was hoping this would happen. No. Because there is never a perfect time. There is never a right moment. Storms come and they often come so unexpectedly. We don't Predict the storm. Storms are unpredictable. And in 22 years as a pastor, I've talked to so many people who have experienced the storms of life. And they didn't see it coming. You know, Pastor Matt, it was a normal day, just a normal day when my boss came into my office and told me my job would no longer be needed. It was just a routine visit when the doctor came in and she told me they didn't like what they saw and I needed additional testing. 
It was just an ordinary day when he, she told me they didn't feel the same way about me and they were moving on. It was just a normal day when I picked up the phone and I realized after that phone call, my life would never be the same again. Storms oftentimes are unpredictable. Now, many years ago, I was flying to uh, Arizona and we hit turbulence like I've never experienced before. I mean, I've experienced bumps, but this was something else. And uh, it happened unexpectedly, no warning. And lightning struck so close to our plane that literally the cabin shook, the lights flickered, and the plane dropped for about two seconds. Yeah, only two seconds, but more than enough time for me to need a clean pair of shorts, <laughs> right? And grown men are screaming, ah, you know? Babies are crying. People are shouting, shouting things that I cannot repeat in church, okay? And what, what I love is it took like 45 minutes, maybe an hour later, the captain comes on. And I love the captains. They're always so calm, right? And they always sound the same to me, too. They're like, hey, folks. That, you know, something like, uh, sorry for those unexpected bumps back there. And I'm like, Bumps? Those weren't bumps, right? My backside is still in Las Vegas, and we're about to land in Arizona. Those are more than bumps, right? But storms happen so suddenly. Sometimes they're difficult to predict. We don't see them coming. But even though the storms of life are unpredictable, what I love is that God's love, his presence is not. He's always there. In fact, in Hebrews 13, 8, we read that Jesus remains the same yesterday, today, and forever. What does that mean? It means the perfect love Jesus offers to you and I today, he'll always offer to us. It means the amazing grace Jesus offers to you and I today, it will always be offered to us. It means the same unfailing mercy he gives to you and I right now, he'll always give to us. And even facing ever-changing problems, God has never-changing promises. Even in ever-changing trouble in our lives, he's an ever-present help in time of need. He is with us through the storm. He's with us through the bumps. He's with us through the shaking of life. And his peace and his presence and his love is always there. And that's good news. So number two, storms are unpredictable. How about this one? Number three, storms are impartial. Storms are impartial. What does that mean? It just means storms impact all of us. It means we will all face storms. Every person, age, race, ethnicity, background, situation, circumstance. Young and old. Rich and poor. Seahawk fans and 49er fans. Though the 49er fans will have more storms because their team just isn't as good. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love you. Some 49er fans glaring at me right now, mean mugging me. We will all face storms. In Matthew 5, uh, verse 45, Jesus said this. He said, it rains on the just and the unjust. It rains on the just and the unjust. What does that mean? It simply means storms are impartial. It means storms will happen to us all. It rains on the just. It rains on the unjust. 
And I share this today because if we are not careful, if we are not cautious, we can allow this subtle and very elusive ideology to sneak into our minds and into our hearts that tells us as long as we just believe right, as long as we just do everything right, then nothing wrong should ever happen. But that just isn't true. Nothing could be further from the truth. Jesus said it rains on the just and the unjust. Jesus said in this world you will face trouble. Jesus in Mark chapter 4 faced the storm himself. And I think if Jesus, the son of God, faced a storm, it's fair to say you and I might face a storm or two in our lives as well. See, simply put, sometimes bad things do happen to good people. Simply put, sometimes storms do come. Sometimes life can be downright unfair. Are you hearing me? Downright unfair. In fact, if we check out the Bible, we'll find Bible character after Bible character that experienced the unfairness of life. Right? It was not fair that Joseph was thrown into a pit by his brothers. And you thought your family was weird, right? That was a weird Thanksgiving. It was not fair that uh, Joseph was lied about by Potiphar's wife and then thrown into a prison. Yet it was through the pit and the prison that God promoted him to the palace. It wasn't fair that Saul sought out to kill David. It wasn't fair that David did everything right, served Saul, yet Saul wanted to kill David. Yet it was during that season that God grew and developed David that he would soon become this king and priest over Israel, the shadow and type of Jesus in the Old Testament. It was not fair that Daniel was thrown into a lion's den. Come on, the original lion king. Step off, Simba. Thrown into a lion's den. But it was through the lion's den that God shut the mouth of the lion. Did this miracle. Through this miracle, promoted Daniel in all the land. Listen, life is not fair. But neither is the grace of God. I'll say that again. It didn't hit some of you. Life is not fair. But neither is the grace of God. And sometimes God will allow a bad storm just to show us how good his grace is to get us through it. Sometimes God will allow opposition to become an opportunity to grow and develop us. Sometimes what we view as a stumbling block is nothing more than a stepping stone for God to bring us to a new level. Life is not always fair, but neither is the grace of God. And in the midst of the storms we face... In the midst of the challenges, the trouble, his grace is there, empowering us, enabling us. The fourth thought on storms, storms do not last. Storms do not last. Now, make no mistake about it, from a theological perspective, suffering can last. We realize that as long as we're here on earth... Suffering could be a part of our life, and that's a whole different message and a different theology. However, when we talk about storms, acute storms, from a biblical perspective and a metaphor standpoint, they do not last. Storms do not last forever. Nevertheless, when you're in the middle of a storm, it feels like it won't ever end. When I was on that boat ride to Molokini, I thought that boat ride would never end. Or I thought that boat ride might end me, right? When you're in the middle of a storm, it feels like it will never end. 
but storms do not last. This too shall pass. Early on in uh, uh, marriage, you learn a great deal about your spouse, don't you? You learn a lot. Uh, I remember early on in marriage, I learned Kim and I view the expiration date of milk quite differently. Uh, we look at the expiration of uh, milk differently. And I realized this because I opened up my refrigerator one day. I took the milk out. The milk had expired. And so I said, Kim, the milk's expired. And she said, well, did you taste it? Does it taste bad? And I'm like, no, it's expired. <laughs> Why would I taste it? And she said something like, well, that's just something they do at the stores. And I'm like, no, I think that's something the FDA does for, like, people. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, and then she's like, you know, well, that's just something the milk people do. And I'm like, we don't even know milk people. You know what I mean? I'm like, what is going on? And before you know it, we're in, like, this disagreement over milk. <laughs> How many of you know most of the arguments you get into in marriage are just silly, right? Don't sweat the small stuff, and it's all small stuff, right? So, we're disagreeing about milk, but we both agree that milk has an expiration date. I mean, it doesn't last forever. I just think, you know, as long as it's a fluid, it's good. Kim thinks when it comes out solid. No, nah, I'm just kidding. I'm messing with <laughs> She's glaring at me somewhere. Where is she? Um, but listen, just the same way milk has an expiration date, so do storms. The same way food has a shelf life, so do storms. They won't last but in the midst of it, it feels like they will never end. And I just want to take a moment and encourage somebody who's in the middle of a storm right now. I want to encourage you, this won't last. This too shall pass. This will not last forever. Maybe you're facing a storm in your marriage and you're not sure what to do. But you could be days, you could be weeks away from facing some of the greatest moments of your marriage. Do not give up. Maybe you're facing a financial storm. As you sit and watch the bills just stack up on your kitchen countertop and you wonder how in the world will we ever pay these off? But listen, you could be one financial decision away, one FPU class away, just a few financial disciplines away from changing the entire trajectory of your financial future. Don't give up. Maybe you're tired of being passed up. Feel like you've been passed up on your job, passed up on promotion, passed up on relationships. And you've come in and you find yourself frustrated. You find yourself agitated, irritated. Why is everyone else moving up and I'm not? But listen, you could be one job. You could be one opportunity. You could be one relationship away from this whole thing turning around. Do not give up. Don't give up. Maybe you've walked in today and you're feeling anxious as anxiety is at an all-time high. Maybe you've come in feeling stressed as stress is at record levels. Maybe you've come in feeling depressed. Listen, I've been there. I've been there. But if you take this word depression and you rearrange the letters, you can get this phrase, I pressed on. And sometimes you have to make the determination, I will press on. I will get the help I need, and I 
will press on. I will seek out community from my church and I will press on. I will seek out prayer from others and I will press on. Come on, in the middle of a storm, don't give up. Determine, I will press on. I will move forward. I will forge ahead. Don't give up. Tough times don't last, but tough people do. Tough people do. And sometimes you have to determine by the grace of God, I'm going to be tough in the midst of the storm. I'm going to get through it. This won't last. This too shall pass. The great theologian Rocky Balboa, he said this. He said, you, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. The apostle Paul said it like this in Ephesians chapter six. He said, put on the whole armor of God so that you might be able to withstand all the attacks of the enemy. And I love verse 14. He says, and when you've done all to stand, stand therefore. What is he saying? Ultimately, what he's saying is when you've done everything else, you know what to do. When you've put on the whole armor of God, when you've sought out people for accountability, when you've prayed up, when you've done everything you know to do, just keep standing. Just keep standing. Just keep standing. Because this storm won't last this too shall pass. God has not brought you this far to leave you stranded. This too will end. This too shall pass. Like the great fish on Finding Nemo, Dory said, just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. What do we do? We swim. As you can tell, I have three daughters and <laughs> And we watched a lot of Disney growing up. But sometimes you have to determine, I will just keep standing. I will just keep swimming. I will just keep going. Because this storm won't last. This too shall pass. And I want to end with this. And worship team, if you could come up here, end with this. Jesus is with us through the storm. Jesus is with us through the storm. The disciples wake Jesus up. And really the cosmic question you and I must ask ourselves is facing a storm, who or what do we wake up? They wake Jesus up and they say, Jesus, don't you care? Jesus, don't you get it? Jesus, don't you see it? We are drowning. This word drowning is derived from the Greek word apolemi. And it literally means we are destroyed. This word, it's not a future tense word, it's a present tense word. Ultimately, they wake up Jesus to say, Jesus, it's over. Jesus, it's done. But how many of you know you never tell the author and the finisher when it's done? And I think many times when facing a storm, when facing troubles, we, just like the disciples, find ourselves preoccupied and fixated on the wrong things. It's so easy to do. In the midst of the storm, it's so easy to become fixated on the storm that's raging and the wind that's howling 
and the waves that are crashing. It's so easy to become fixated on the storm that we lose sight that Jesus is still in the boat. That we lose sight that Jesus is still there. In the midst of the storm you're facing, Jesus is still there. And if Jesus is there, your miracle's still there. If Jesus is there, your breakthrough's still there. If Jesus is still there, your promise is still there. About a year ago, I was talking to a friend, and we were talking about uh, this pandemic, how it's impacted people worldwide. Uh, the scope of it is to all, all people. And we were talking, discussing. He made this statement. He said, well, you know, Matt, we're all in the same boat. And I just kind of agreed. It's a commonly used phrase. We, we say it all the time. But as I walked away and thought about what he said, I found myself disagreeing that perhaps we're not all in the same boat. Maybe a better way of saying it is we're all in the same storm. Nevertheless, each one of us are in very different boats, aren't we? I think one of the problems with our world today is we all depict ourselves as being in the same boat. And we're not. We're all in the same storm. But we all find ourselves in very different boats. That's why we have to listen to each other. That's why we have to learn from one another. That's why we need to keep our ears and eyes open. And maybe you walked in today and your boat is strong. It's sturdy. Sure, you've hit waves. You've hit weather. It's impacted your life, but your boat is strong. You're sturdy. Or maybe you've come in and it's a whole different picture. Maybe you've walked in today and your boat is broken. Your boat is busted. It's destroyed. You're taken in water. And you're not sure how much more you can take. And maybe nobody else knows, but you know. But whether you come in and your boat is strong, your life is good, whether you come in, your boat is broken, and your life is in despair, I have good news, and that is this. Jesus is still in the boat. Jesus is still there. I know it might not feel like it. I know you might feel abandoned. I know you might feel like he's left. He's there. By faith, believe he's there. And what I love about Jesus is in one moment, he can rise up and say, shh to the storm, and the storm can subside. If you would, stand up with me, and let's just close our eyes for a moment. I want to worship together as we conclude today. But if you walk in, and, and this is just between you and God, and you say, I'm in a storm. It could be a relationship. It could be your finances. It could be your mind. Maybe you're trying to figure out this parenting thing. Maybe there's something going on with a friend. Maybe there's strife, something in your past. It could be any number of things. But if you say, I'm facing a storm, you just lift your hand up real quick and put it down. Thank you, thank you, thank you. See, oh, many hands. Yes, yes. Jesus, I pray for those going through a storm right now. Lord, you see each and every person. You know our pain. You know our struggle. Jesus, you came to this earth. And you went through everything we went through. You endured everything we endured that you might empathize and relate with us. And I pray for those today facing a struggle.
a storm. Lord, give them grace. Let us know, Lord, you're with us, that you never leave us or forsake us. And in the midst of the storm, you're still God.